You're listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast supported by Harvest Partners. For more ways to deepen and challenge your spiritual walk, enroll in Pastor Greg's free online courses. Sign up at Harvest.org. This is the devil's basic battle plan. Entice, condemn, accuse you before God. Pastor Greg Laurie points out we should be prepared to stand against Satan's accusations with the power of God's Word. So maybe you stumble and fall and Satan says, you'll never get up again. You're never going to recover from this. Oh yeah? Well, First John 1, 9 says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You quote God's Word. You quote it out. It is written. This is the day when the lost are is the king of the spiritual ambush. He lures us in, saying no one will ever know. And after we've sinned, he tells us, I can't believe what you've done. Everyone's going to find out. How can we stand against such an unscrupulous foe? Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out we stand against our enemy in the power of God and the authority of his word. It's a message called, Why Does God Allow Temptation in the Life of the Believer? Everyone gets tempted. Why would God allow us to be tempted? What possible good could come out of it? Well, here's what you need to know. If you are indeed growing as a Christian, if you are progressing in the Christian life, you're going to come into the crosshairs of the devil. Why? Because now you have become a bona fide threat to his kingdom. If you find yourself constantly being harassed and tempted, that may be an indication you're on the right track. If you can't remember the last time you were tempted, maybe you're not worth tempting. Ever think about that? See, so here's what we need to understand. Everyone will be tempted, and even Jesus was tempted. Jesus did feel the pressure and the presence of temptation. Now why would he go through that? So he would be able to help us to understand that he has walked in our shoes. So we would understand that we serve a God that knows what it's like to face temptation. And he sympathizes with us. In fact, Hebrews 4.15, speaking of Christ, says, This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same temptations we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace, of our gracious God that will receive His mercy and find grace to help us when we need it. So you can't say, oh, God doesn't know what it's like to live in the 21st century. God doesn't know what it's like to face temptation. Actually, God does know what it's like and He faced it. But here's another reason why I believe Jesus was tempted. He occupied ground that we can occupy. Let me restate that. Jesus faced this so we'll see how we should face it. He gives us a template to follow for the next time we come under temptation. So Luke 4, and we're going to read verses 1 to 13. Now Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, 
he was hungry. And the devil said to him, Since you are the Son of God, why don't you command the stone to become bread? Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, underline that phrase, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil took him up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said, All this authority I will give to you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I can give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all of this will be yours. Jesus answered and said, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, underline that phrase again, You shall worship the Lord God, and Him only shall you serve. Then Satan brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, Since you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. Notice the devil's quote in Scripture now. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they'll bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Did you know the devil reads the Bible? And the devil can quote the Bible out of context. Look at any cult today. They have Bible verses to cite out of context to make their case. Reminds me of a story of W.C. Fields, a comedian from many years ago. He was a known alcoholic and known to be really a godless man. And uh, one day someone saw W.C. Fields reading a Bible. And they were shocked. W.C. Fields reading a Bible. And he had this really funny way of speaking. They said, why are you reading a Bible W.C. Fields, he said, looking for loopholes. <laughs> That's why the devil reads the Bible, looking for loopholes, looking for ways to misuse it, looking for ways to misquote it, looking for ways to take it out of context. And the only way you're going to know right from wrong is by being very familiar with the real Word of God. Then you'll spot a lie when you see it. I was talking with a police officer a while back who worked in... Um, currency and people uh, producing phony money, counterfeit money. And I said, how, how do you learn to spot a counterfeit bill? He says, we really try not to handle counterfeit currency. We spend most of our time handling the real thing. And then when we handle the fake or the counterfeit, we know it immediately. And I think that's a great principle for us. You can spend the rest of your life researching every weird cult and every aberrant teaching out there. And trust me, there's a lot of them. But the better thing to do is immerse yourself in God's Word and then when something comes along you'll know immediately it's not from God. Now here's something we don't want to miss. The devil quotes Scripture, yes, but listen to this. He left something out. The devil quoted the Bible but he left something out. Here's what Satan said. It is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you and in their hands they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. But here's what Satan left out. By the way he's quoting Psalm 91. Here's what he left out. He'll give his angels charge over you. Listen. To keep you in all your ways and in their hands they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone to keep you in all your ways. Why did Satan leave that out? Because he wanted Jesus to test the Lord instead of trust the Lord. See, here's the idea. When I'm in the will of God, in His way, I don't have to be afraid. Listen to this. I'm indestructible. You're thinking, you're nuts, Greg. No, I'm indestructible until God is done with me. Nothing's going to stop me or stop you until God is done with you. 
So if, if I were to drink deadly poison and it wasn't God's time for me, I'd survive it. If I picked up a venomous snake and it bit me and it wasn't God's time, I would survive it. And that's, by the way, what Jesus meant when He said, you'll drink deadly poisons and handle venomous snakes. He didn't mean we should have church services where we hand rattlesnakes around. That's crazy. And that's not trusting God. That's testing the Lord. And more than a few of these preachers are no longer with us because of it. So the idea is not, hey, let's do crazy things. Let's take unnecessary risks. Let's drink poison for fun. Go out to the restaurant. I'll like a glass of strychnine, please. And you know, no, that's, no, don't do that. But here's what it's saying is you're in God's will, walking in His way. His angels will protect you until God's done with you. And then His angels will carry you into God's presence. But until that day, you don't have to worry about it. So don't worry all the time about if this is it. If this is it, it's it. If it isn't it, it isn't it. That's up to God. But the devil was misquoting Scripture. Okay, one final point. Number six. What is the primary weapon we should use to resist temptation? Answer, the Word of God. That's why I had you underline, it is written, it is written multiple times. Jesus stood on ground that we can occupy. As I said, we're to follow His example. Notice He quotes Scripture. Verse 12 of Luke 4, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You know, as you look at Ephesians 6, which is a description of the armor of God, have you ever noticed there's only one offensive piece? By offensive, I mean something to attack with. We have a helmet of salvation that protects your head. We have a breastplate of righteousness that protects your vital organs. We have the boots or the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace that protects your feet and your ankles and uh, your shins. We have a shield of faith that protects your whole body. But there's only one offensive weapon and it's a sword. The sword of the Spirit which is what? That's right. It's a Word of God. That's our offensive weapon. That's why we need to know the Word of God. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your Word. Psalm 119.11 says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Listen, it's great to carry a Bible in your briefcase or your backpack or your purse, but the best place to carry the word of God is in your heart. Commit it to memory. I say, Greg, I can't. Oh, yes, you can. No, I can't. Yes, you can. Because you memorize stuff all the time, Right? You know, weird lyrics to songs. I know lyrics to commercials. I hated. But I remember the song, oh, you know, drives you crazy. But, uh, or maybe you know sports scores. Or you know lines from movies. You can quote lines from films. You know, all these things that you've committed to memory. Look, you have room for the Word of God. You just need to make a commitment to put it in there. Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment, right after a quick look at the way a new beginning touches the lives of listeners. 20 years ago, I gave my life to Jesus after listening to you on the radio. God bless you always. Thank you for leading me to Christ three years ago at the Harvest Crusade. You had a major influence on my life, and I can't thank you enough. Early last year, I found the Lord and accepted Him there at Harvest Christian Fellowship. God is so good. I'm happy to partner with you in your mission. I pray God continues to bless you exceedingly, abundantly more than you could ask or think. 
Well, folks that know me know that I often end my message, no matter what the topic, with an invitation for people to come to Christ. Because there's always someone out there that doesn't know the Lord. Maybe they're in the congregation. Maybe they're listening on radio. Maybe they're watching online. And I want those people to know they can have a relationship with Christ. And I know that this is what God wants. Because the Lord says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So I'd like to throw the net. And as you know, if you listen to A New Beginning, we throw the net a lot. And you know what? We see thousands of people come to Christ every year through our radio program alone. So that is why I'm thankful when you invest in our ministry, because you enable us to reach a lot of people that I could never reach otherwise. They'll never darken the doorway of a church, but they might be turning the radio dial and come upon our show and say, well, what is this all about? And I've had more than one person tell me that's how they found our program and ended up listening and coming to Christ. So that's what we're all about. So when you support us, you help us to reach more people like the ones you just heard from with the message of the gospel. Yeah, and you can make a generous year-end donation today by going to harvest.org. Well, Pastor Greg continues now with one of his most requested messages of the past year. Why does God allow temptation in the life of the believer? We're learning how to stand against our spiritual adversary. So here's how it works. So Satan comes to you in the realm of the mind and, and, you know, maybe he entices you to sin, right? So you sin. What does he do then? He condemns you. This is the devil's basic battle plan. Entice, condemn, accuse you before God. Just kind of keeps doing it over and over again. Hey, why don't you do this? I'll never tell anyone. If you won't, you do it. And then he says, you're, you're not even a Christian. God would never hear your prayer. You're condemned. This is why you need to know the Word of God. Because when you've sinned, you need to immediately go to Christ and say, forgive me of my sin. I admit it. I'm responsible. I'm sorry for it. And I turn from it. The devil says, yeah, but God won't forgive you. Here's where the Word of God comes in. You say, oh yeah? Well, First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You quote God's Word. You quote it out loud. So the devil can hear it and so you can hear it. Is quoted out. It is written. Saying to see, Abba, you're condemned. God will not hear your prayers. No, that's wrong, devil. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So maybe you stumble and fall and Satan says, you'll never get up again. You're never going to recover from this. This is the end. You say, no, that's wrong because John 10, 28, Jesus says, I'll give them eternal life and they'll never perish. Neither shall anyone pluck them out of my hand. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it under the day of Jesus Christ. It's not over. God's going to finish what he starts. Then when tragedy hits, and it makes no sense, the devil says, God has abandoned you. You say, no, he hasn't. Jesus said, he'll never leave me or forsake me. And Romans 8, 28 says there, God causes all things to work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So you quote that scripture, maybe a loved one is taken from you suddenly. The devil says, you'll never see them again. Oh, trust me, I know this one well. After our son died, I would try to go to sleep at night 
and I'd lay my head down on my pillow and here are the thoughts that went through my mind. I'll never see him again. I'll never hear his voice again, ever. And then I would just say, huh, you know, and I'd just sink. I'd sink into a black hole. And then I would just start quoting scripture to myself, saying, no, Jesus said he's the resurrection and the life, and he that believes in him will not die. And so it's a hope of life beyond the grave, where the scripture says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I would remind myself of God's word. Here's what it would do. It would just sort of lift me up above it all. You see. Because I had to think biblically. Because if I didn't think biblically. It was going to be pure misery. So that's where you need to use God's word. And use it over and over again. I want you to notice how the story ends. Luke 4.13. When the devil had ended every temptation. He departed from him forever. Never to return again. Is that what it says? No. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. It's like, I'll be back. <laughs> Maybe sooner than later. Often when you least expect it. Often in a way you weren't expecting. He'll be back. He's got a lot of tricks. So that's Satan. You know, he's just looking for trouble. The Bible describes him as a lion, sort of roaming around looking for someone to destroy, looking for someone to devour. But here's our hope as Christians. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Christ is greater than the power of Satan and we don't have to be afraid of him. Now we respect him in the sense that we know he's a powerful spirit being and we don't want to mess around. We don't want to have extended conversations with him. Uh, we want to have as little contact with him as possible. But having said that, we know God won't give us more than we can handle and we're secure and safe in Christ. But here's a last thought I want to close with. Notice they said thought, not statement, because thoughts can go on long. But this one won't. It's a relatively short thought. If you're not a Christian, you're super vulnerable. If you're not a Christian, uh, you don't have the hope that Christ lives in you and is greater than the power of the devil. Listen to this. If you're not a Christian, the devil can effectively have his way with you. Uh, he can pretty much manipulate you and deceive you and tempt you. And if you kind of give in to it, you can go deeper and deeper into a vortex of sin where one day you can go so deep you can actually be possessed by demons. Oh, Greg, come on, give me a break. You nuts? I'm not nuts. You can still be possessed by demons today. There are still demons today where they can come and live inside of a person. You think someone's going to be able to exercise a demon with a crucifix or some holy water? No way. The only way to get the devil out of a person is to get Christ in a person and then there's no place left for the devil. That's the only thing. That's it. Jesus comes and takes residence in a human heart and he is the sole occupant. Jesus is not into a timeshare program. Hey, I'm here for six months, devil. You can have it for the rest of the time. No, when Jesus comes in, there's no room for Satan. But listen, if Jesus is in there, there's plenty of room for Satan. And you're vulnerable. How are you going to keep him away? Religion? Ritual? Good moral living? I will eat proper foods. I won't do it. What about if it's organic? Doesn't matter. 
You're vulnerable. What you need is Christ living inside of you. I didn't say you need to go to church. I didn't say you need a big giant Bible. I didn't say you need to even just say some spiritual things. You actually need Christ living inside of you. So here's my closing question. Is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, living you right now? Now, some of you would say, well, I, I don't know. I think, maybe. Hey, you know what? I think if God has taken residence in your heart, you'll know it. I know Christ lives in me. I know it. How do I know? Because God has given me that assurance by His Holy Spirit. Do you have that assurance? Maybe the reason you don't have it is He doesn't live inside of you yet. But that can change right now because Jesus, who died on that cross for you and me and bore your sin and rose again from the dead, now stands at the door of your life and He knocks and says, if you'll hear His voice and open the door, He will come in. Not religion will come in or ritual will come in. No, He will come in. It's really true. He lives inside of us and He wants to live in your heart and forgive you of all of your sin. Say, but man, I've done some really bad stuff. Yeah, God knows what you've done. And Jesus died for it already. And if you'll turn from that sin and tell God you're sorry for it, He'll forgive you and Christ will live in you. And you don't have to stand around worrying about the devil anymore. You can just focus your attention on following Jesus. So we're going to close in prayer right now. And if you've never asked Jesus into your life, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray and ask him to come in. Maybe you've been under the power of some sin. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's, I don't know what. Just something has got a hold on you. And you can't get free from it. it you've tried to break free. And you just go in deeper and you don't know how to get out. Listen, God will help you. But you need to reach out to Him and say, forgive me. Because bigger than alcohol or drugs or anything else, it's the power of sin you need to be free from. And only Jesus can do that for you. He's just a prayer away. Let's pray. Father, I pray for any person here and anyone listening or watching this who does not yet know you. Lord, would you help them to see their need for you and help them to come to you and receive your forgiveness tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you'd like to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg Laurie will help you do that in just a moment before today's edition of A New Beginning wraps up. Well, here at the end of the year, we want to make available a special gift for you. Perhaps you've heard of this. It's the critically acclaimed TV series called The Chosen. It's a gripping cinematic portrayal of the life and ministry of Jesus. It's as though you're right there beside the Lord as He walks through life. It's the kind of series that will speak to believers and non-believers alike. Anne Graham Lott said she was moved to tears and to worship as she watched. Pastor Greg has said literally millions of people have been getting to know the authentic Jesus through this series. And we want to send Season 1 of The Chosen to you on DVD to thank you for your investment in the ministry of A New Beginning. And your donation helps us reach out with the gospel, not only through this program, but also through Pastor Greg's large-scale evangelistic events. It's such an important time for that work. Hearts are hungry. You know, we even saw it several weeks ago at SoCal Harvest. One person wrote us and said, Can you believe how many people are here? We came from Los Angeles, and frankly, we would have driven across the country to be here. We wouldn't have missed this for the world. 
It's such an important time to reach out with the love of Christ, and your investment makes that work possible. And with your donation right now, we'd like to send you Season 1 of The Chosen. And we won't be mentioning this much longer, so contact us soon. You can donate securely online at harvest.org or write us at A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. And we have operators who can speak with you by phone anytime, 24 hours a day, at 1-800-821-3300. That's 1-800-821-3300. Well, Pastor Greg, you spoke today about having a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Someone can enter into that kind of relationship with God right now, can't they? Yeah, they really can. That's the amazing thing. I think people are surprised that it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't even take hours. You can believe on the spot. And I would like to lead you in a prayer where you can ask for his forgiveness, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want him to forgive you of your sin, if you want a second chance in life, if you want to go to heaven when you die, stop what you're doing and pray after me. These words, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. And I turn from it now and I choose to follow you from this moment forward as Savior and Lord as God and friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And listen, if you have just prayed those words with Pastor Greg and meant them sincerely, the Bible assures us your sins have been forgiven. We're told the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we want to send some resource materials that will help you in your new relationship with the Lord. We call it our New Believers Growth Packet, and we'll send it without charge if you prayed for the first time today with Pastor Greg. Just ask for it when you write A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or call our 24-hour phone number, 1-800-821-3300. That's 1-800-821-3300. 3300 or just go to harvest.org and click the words no god well next time as pastor gray continues our series of top 10 most requested messages of the year he presents a study called god's plan for sex and marriage join us here on a new beginning with pastor and bible teacher greg laurie The preceding podcast was made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Learn how to become a Harvest Partner, sign up for daily devotions, and find resources to help you grow in your faith at Harvest.org.